Welcome back to Into the Night Minute, a podcast where each week movies by Mitt's host can examine the 1985 John Lance directed comedy Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm your host, Dave. I'm your host, Sean. And, uh, yeah, I looked outside and I think Matt just took off in one of the cars. So, you know, good luck to him. Matt, yeah, Matt just drove off in uh, one of Dave's Ferraris. Sorry about that. But, uh, right. fine. I'm sure it's he's fine. coming back. He's yeah, I left the keys in there. And it's, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, here we are, minute 89, where uh, uh, Diane and Jack share, I guess, some final moments between them. And she asks to borrow a car. And Larry takes him outside of the front parking lot where they get to pick their pick their choice. <laughs> yeah, so Jack has a lot of cars. And I noticed so they're I guess like they're not like laying low, being inconspicuous, anything like that is not part of their plan. Oh, uh, no. Um, no, no, go, go, just go. I mean, let me get my thoughts together. I'm not, I don't even have my thought ready yet. All right. Well, I mean, because one thing I noticed is though, as they're walking along the line of cars, so um, you know, as as she's leaving, Diane asks Jack if if she can borrow a car, and they're going down this row, and like the license plates are Caper One, Caper Two, Caper uh, uh, Jack's last name. It's Caper, uh, Jack Caper. So he's got these customized vanity license plate with his name, just and his cars are numbered, and then ultimately. Uh, Goldblum, the car that he picks out is this red Ferrari. I would think if you're worried about the Frenchman or any of the other people that are out trying to kill you, you may want to blend in, be a little bit more inconspicuous than this you know, this shiny red Ferrari that's kind of like, I guess even like Beverly Hills or Hollywood where there's, it, it's a, you know, particularly Beverly Hills, it's a place where there's going to be more um, like upper class, more expensive cars. But I think, you know, even, you know, take the Bentley, take the Mercedes, you know, take a sedan. No one notices a sedan. You can be going 200 miles an hour through a red light, going the wrong way on a one-way street. No one's going to pay attention to you in a sedan. But if you're in this red coupe, um, you're going to attract attention. You're not going to, you know, you're going to stand out where don't, like these characters don't want to stand out. Am I right? That's the thing. They don't show. Did Jeff make the call? Like, Jeff is going solo to Cherie's, you know, her house. Yeah. So, did he call and say, I'm going? And, like, would she be like, is Diane coming with you? Um, was Jack coming with you? Like, did he ask these questions? That's what I was trying I That's what I'm more concerned about is that he's taking this car and he's, like, going on, like, a, you know, like, God forbid, a suicide mission. You know, to talk with these like crazy yeah. rains who would try to kill them all night and day. Mm-hmm. Let's go to them. Hey, let's play some Grubhub and go to them. Yeah. Well, so there's a couple different things going on. It's kind of and it's funny. I don't know. if Funny's the right word, but funny. it's a it's a flip. So we we've, we've just wrapped up like three plus minutes of exposition yeah. where Jack has just been laying the details of real estate deals and escrow and Shaheen and all this other stuff. But now we jump to, obviously, some plan has been made, but they can't tell us because they want us to be surprised. Like, we're supposed, the rest of the movie is us watching the plan play out. And so we we go, you know, from exposition mode back to 
we're going to keep the audience in the dark and not tell them because obviously, yeah, some decision has been made where Jeff Goldblum is going to go on his own and then Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be doing something else. They're splitting up and there's something, you know, they're not just going to, they're not just going over to Shaheen's place saying, oh, here's the stones, give us some money and we'll be on our way. There's, there's, you know, there's more to it than that. There's some planning has happened, but we don't know what that planning is. Yay. You know, we are the audience and I feel like we've, we are the audience. We've done an hour, about an hour and a half now of this. Can they mm-hmm. just level with us and let us know what's going on? Just let us know the plan. Stop being like, well, I don't know the plan. I don't know what's going on now. I, I thought they explained everything to me, and then they just they made a plan off camera that I don't know about. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're switching out. They're keeping us guessing. They're keeping us oh on our toes. Um, so I thought that was interesting. You know, so obviously I, I picked it out as as... You know, Ferrari's not a subtle car. No, it's not. Um, but another thing that stood out to me is as Jeff Gold, and I should probably know his character's name, which I don't, which is why I'm referring to him as Jeff Goldblum. But so Jeff Goldblum gets into the car, and there's back seats. Um, and a back seat is not something I typically associate with a Ferrari. So I looked into it. Okay. And I did a little bit of research mm-hmm. because I'm a podcaster and I'm professional. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't look up the names of characters, but I look up the cars. Yeah. Um, so this so. is a uh, Ferrari Mondial. Mondial. I'm not sure how, what the Italian pronunciation would be. Ferrari Mondial Cabriolet. Uh, Cabriolet means convertible. As we see, there's no top because um, Jeff Goblin's kind of tall. He probably would have trouble fitting into a, uh, a regular Ferrari, but uh, anyway, so this is a it's a convertible Mondial, um, and it's a uh, it's a four seater. This is, I think, the only um, the only four seater that Ferrari has, or their only production model. And uh, yeah, according to Wikipedia, uh, this is the only production vehicle manufactured that is a four seater with a rear mid engine. And a full convertible design. So this is a uh, like a, a, a one of a kind in terms of design. It's not a one of a kind car. Um, it was a production model. And again, according to Wikipedia, there were 629 of this particular model made between 1983 and 85. And it is also featured in a few other movies. You could see. Uh, this same Ferrari, uh, the same model, not necessarily the same exact car, but uh, this model of Ferrari, the, the Mondial Cabriolet in The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, in uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and also uh, Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland, um, also featured this same Ferrari. So uh, this is a bit, you know, if, if we haven't gotten the, the hint already that Jack is kind of well-to-do, and if we didn't kind of pick that up from the, the showrooms worth of cars that he has lined up that he's just ready to give away. But, uh, yeah, this is a particularly rare model of Ferrari that has, uh, yeah, has the four seats. It, it's, it's a coupe. There's two doors, but then there are two seats. And, again, according to Wikipedia, um, supposedly surprisingly roomy. I mean, I've seen – I know I, uh, I've had friends who had muscle cars and there's – there's like, a, you know, technically there was a seat, you know, there was two seats in back, but not that I'd actually ask anyone to squeeze in there. But um, 
Yeah, from some of the reviews I read that this was this is a, a touring car that you can comfortably seat for and you know and, and go driving around in. So So Jack yeah. and uh, what, three ladies would just yeah. be <laughs> Jack and three ladies. Because we've already determined there's no kids, so Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know, maybe Larry sits in back. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, this is a, so an interesting a, a, a full four seater Ferrari that uh yeah. Though I guess if you're at you know, I mean so um you know, none of this means anything to to Jeff Goldblum. He's just kind of along for the ride. He doesn't have any history with Jack, so or or Shaheen or any of this other stuff. But so he's maybe going. He's like, he's, yeah, that's what's funny is that he has. You know, he could he could have probably tried to negotiate his way of like, I'm gonna after this, I'd like to just go home, or I'd like to, you know, yeah. I'd like to be out of service. But he doesn't. He proceeds to he's going to drive to her. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, whatever their plan is, like, he could have been like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to Shaheen and do whatever, and then just go home and just say, forget this noise, or or drive the Ferrari down to the impound lot where his card was towed and say, listen, I will trade you. You give me my POS back, and I will give you this Ferrari. And then he just takes his car, and he goes home, and he never sees any of these people ever again. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if that makes it, you know, I don't, that's probably not necessarily a more interesting movie, but it was, it's something that he could have done. Could have, that's yeah. All we're, that's all we're saying. Um, yeah, but so he, he takes the Ferrari, and I think this is, we don't really get a good look at the license plate. I'm guessing it's Caper 5, because I think it's the fifth car that's lined up here. Um... Although they seem to be originally, I thought they went in order, but now looking back on it, there's like Caper three, Caper six, Caper two. So I guess he doesn't. The cars aren't necessarily lined up yeah. in order of their license plate. So I guess we can't say which number the uh, the Ferrari is. But the cars are or the, the, or the keys are right inside. Thumbs up, and bonsai, and he's, he's heading off. <laughs> Well, I thought that was interesting. Do you have anything more to say about that that thumbs up? I thought that was an interesting moment. Um, no, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, nah, I, I don't really know the whole plan, so I don't, you know, I just know that watching this film, he's putting himself in a lot of danger. Like, you know, he was out of danger where they're at Jack's. He's like going back in and lines down, and he doesn't he doesn't know these people anything. <laughs> it's it's right. it's very selfless. I'll give him that. Yeah. Well, this gets kind of weird because I can kind of see that. Men will do stuff for women, mm-hmm. and particularly beautiful women and, you know, someone like a Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, I can mm-hmm. believe you get into all this intrigue and danger and everything else because, hey, it's Michelle Pfeiffer, so why not? Um, you know, we, we, we've seen his wife, and not that she's not a beautiful woman, but she's cheating on him, and yeah. there's other issues there. So I can kind of understand that, but here... At the end of this minute, like Jeff is is driving away on his own, like I could see, like so that you know, two blocks away when he's out of you know he's out of that sort of reality distortion field when you're around Michelle Pfeiffer, like just like the spell wears off and he's just like f it, I'm just I'm going <laughs> home or or I'm going, I'm, you know what, f it, I'm going to go back to the airport and get on a plane and go to Las Vegas like my original plan. Like just anything. he runs at her at the airport. <laughs> oh, uh, did you do it? Yeah. Uh huh. I went to talk with her. <laughs> you come on my flight? No, I uh, I was gonna go to Vegas. Yeah. Well, I'll see you. <laughs> yeah, they're they're yeah they're both going to like ditch the plan and just get away, and then they run into each other at the airport. Um, 
Yeah, I mean that might and maybe that's what happens. Maybe you know if you haven't seen the rest of the movie, you're just if you're watching one minute at a time along with the podcast. God bless you. Um, you know, spoiler alert that that doesn't happen now. <laughs> but that you know that could happen, but it doesn't. So yeah, even um, I guess he's just so tired. He's just he's going to do whatever they tell him. So I'm sure you go into yeah. So this woman who Jack has just told them. Oh, forget about the guy who's trying to kill you because this woman is more dangerous. Let's send, like, basically the newbie. So, like, Jack and Diana, like, they're, you know, they they hustle, they con, mm. they've been in tight spots. You know, maybe, maybe Diana didn't necessarily see anyone get killed, you know, before the start of this movie. Maybe she hasn't seen a dead body before, but she's been in some hairy situations. She's, you know, had some things where, like, you know, if people didn't die where they could have. So she's a she should be a little bit more used to that than Jeff is, but still they're gonna, they're sending him in, you know, to the the proverbial lion's den. Yeah. Seems to be the plan at this point, and it's like I don't, yeah, I guess like does he seem as someone who's like I guess cool under pressure, or they just figure oh this guy is so he's so zombified from not sleeping that he doesn't even feel pressure, so that's why we trust him with this with this plan. Gosh, your your idea is that's that's best. That's best. I'll give you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any better <laughs> idea. All right, I I I don't just yeah. I, I got nothing. I'm 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 burned out at Jack's house. Yeah, I'm going to have to drive away. I just have so many questions. Like, so we see. So Diana asked. She you know she asked Jack, "Hey, can we borrow a car?" And it makes sense that one Jack is you know he's well to do and he's not long for this world. He's not going to miss a car. Did he know they were taking two cars? Have they <laughs> filled him in on? Obviously, so again, going back to some planning is happening and we can't know because we need to be surprised as the audience as it unfolds. Yeah. But so so Michelle and Jeff are splitting up. Then that means they've got to take two cars. Like that's, yeah. I mean, maybe that's more of the relationship between Jack and Diana that we don't know. But it's like. You do someone a favor and they like take advantage. Like you give someone a car and they take two. Like that just seems yeah. rude. Like this person is giving you a car. That's a big deal, and you're just gonna go ahead and take two. Yeah, I honestly thought his. I mean, how I understood what he explains of this plan is: you both go over there, you politely hand the stone and be like, "Okay, we're just gonna leave now," and then they just leave, which is a risky move because these Iranians are crazy and they've they've killed a lot of people. Right. Uh, but yeah, to be like, oh, she's just going to go right to the airport, and then he's just going to do the suicide missions. Kind of feels unfair. And yeah, the two car thing is unfair too. Um, at least you could probably just send Larry later to pick up the cars from the lots, like go to the airport and just like yeah, you know, park well, in the how about, term lot. And how about Jeff and Michelle go to the airport and get out of there and send Larry over with the stone because he's like that's like his job. He's you know yeah. Gopher, go between, bagman type thing, yeah. tough guy. Yeah, if he just yeah, if he was just like a middle guy and just said, "All right, they're giving you the stones. Here you are. I'm Larry. I don't know any more about this, and yeah. uh, I I prefer not to see your people again." And then he leaves. You're right. Um, that would probably be a better idea. No, you're right. I, yeah, I he's know. he's paid to do that, and you know, if he worked for Jack, and Jack told him to do that, I guess because it's you know, maybe it's because it's Michelle's bed, and that's what she's gotten herself into. He wants her to help. You know deal with her own problems but then again they're also bringing in a pseudo innocent guy 
You know, a guy mm-hmm. who. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, kind of goes back to what we're talking about in terms of the, you know, the, the fatherly or the mentor relationship between Jack and Diana, where it's like, oh, he, you know, he's going to help her out, but he's not going to solve the problems. He's going to make sure she has the tools so then she can take care of things herself. Like, I'll give you a car, but then you've got to drive over there and you've got to work out the deal and you've got to make the transfer. Yeah. You know, you at some point you can't you've got to grow up and Jack can't be there to protect you all the time. I guess that it kind of, kind of makes sense. Yep. I all right, listeners, that's been an 89. I, I, I just, let's, let's move on. All right. Yeah. Have, have Jeff go there now. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners. Oh, wait. Uh, just, uh, so one last oh. thing I just want to say. So obviously going right. back to you, you talk about the, the thumbs up and, and, and Goldblum yeah. gives a bonsai. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's a reference to the uh, Jeff Goldblum's appearance in the 1984 film. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. I was going to ask that. I guess, yeah, yeah I guess he is in that. So. Just, yeah, so, you know, yeah, he, he plays a, a character named I, New Jersey. I would not so. remind the audience of a more fun film in this. Okay. I think that's a bad idea. No, <laughs> no, not idea. the audience yeah. of this podcast. You could do that. That's allowed. Okay. Like, and hey, you know what? Go to Five Minutes of Banzai and, like, let them have, you know, listen to the fun over there. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but I if, say, you're, like, yeah, if you're John Landis making this film... Yeah, the audience is in the movie. They're sitting there. And they just go, Oh, yeah, it was a bucker. You know what, honey? I'm just, hold on. I'm going, I'm going to go to Blockbuster or West yeah. Coast or whatever. Whatever. If there's any movie stores that exist in 1985. I don't Which know, they did. They? We're, we're stopping at Suncoast on the way home from the theater. We're going to rent Buckaroo Banzai. Because we actually like that. And that had a plot that made sense. Kind of. Yeah, I would take that fun nonsense over this. It's serious nonsense. Yeah, okay. that's. I right. think it's, that's. It's, I got. Well, first of all, I really need to watch Buckaroo Banzai like again. Like I, I, I ain't given. I, I watch clips of it. It's. It's the fun of it is like I'm trying to remember if they said it or someone else said it. Where it was just like, it's. A, it's a joke about where how there's all this lore, but it's not because it's just this movie. But the characters act like it, and there's a comedy within that. I like that. Whereas in this, it's like they know you don't know anything. They over-explain everything. You still don't know anything. And then they're like, hey, this is a comedy, by the way. We're going to throw a few slapstick jokes at you. It just doesn't. <laughs> it's pacing. It's, it's all messy. It's all off. Right. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, go back, listener. If you haven't seen it recently, I think it's aged well. I think it's a lot. It's it's a fun movie. Go back and watch the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, you get to see uh, Jeff Goldblum be Jeff Goldblum. But uh, so yeah, so watch the movie and then check out the the five minutes of Banzai, the the podcast where they discuss the movie The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, five minutes at a time. And then uh, and then yeah, then you, you head over to the, <laughs> the King Listeners, uh, the King Lives Listeners Limo on Facebook. And then you can tell you can tell Jim what you thought of the five minutes of Banzai, <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, go to Twitter at uh, at Night Minute NightMinute dot com dot com. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, get, I mean, do what you can at iTunes if you want to give a review. I'm not going to force your hand. You know, I'm not going to be the guy who says do it. But it's like you know, we're trying. We're try, we are trying. I will I will guarantee you this. No podcast is putting forth this amount of effort on this film. <laughs> So you can at least, I know you can factually put that in the review. 
whatever the stars are, that's 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 your, whatever your heart's content is. But you know, there's not a single podcast out there that's talking about into the night like we are. <laughs> Hang until next time, listeners. Until next time. I mean, you know, Sean and I will be back tomorrow. Don't worry. We'll plug you up. You know, Five Minutes of Mystery and Five Minutes of Mime, Groundhog Minute. Everyone loves it. You know, we're having fun over here. But anyway, listeners, come back tomorrow and just just join us on Friday on Into the Night. Into the Night. Into the Night. At least we have that. At least we have the BB <laughs> We'll always have that. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category?